Hello and welcome to Our American States, a podcast from the National Conference of State Legislatures. This podcast is all about legislatures, the people in them, the policies, process, and politics that shape them. I'm your host, Ed Smith. The fact that people are at home now really emphasizes the digital privacy that I think people really didn't think about as much when they were you know, just poking around on the internet at home and then doing work at the office. When they have to work at home, their digital privacy becomes more significant. That was Ted Claypool, an attorney with Womble Bond Dickinson in Atlanta, and our guest today on the podcast. Claypool is one of the nation's top legal experts on data privacy, the topic of today's show. Claypool has more than 30 years' experience representing clients in the public and private sectors on issues related to software, data management, and security. A number of legislatures considered data privacy legislation in 2019 and 2020, but few laws were enacted. These followed two major governmental actions to protect privacy. The first was Europe's General Data Protection Regulation, passed in May 2018. The other was the California Consumer Privacy Act, which passed in 2018 and went into effect this year. California's law was by far the most comprehensive law enacted in any state. I talked with Claypool about the ramifications of those laws, the prospect for more comprehensive data privacy laws in the states, the likelihood that Congress will look at a comprehensive data privacy law, and privacy issues related to artificial intelligence. Ted, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Well, Ted, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. You've been a prolific speaker and writer about data privacy for for some time. What do you see as the key challenges for states trying to ensure privacy for their citizens? Well, right now, I think it's a crucial time for privacy because we're moving from one stage to another in, in a couple different ways. One way is that we essentially have privacy laws that deal with identity theft, but we don't have active laws about how you address marketing and what you can do with information when you take it, other than the new, the California law that went into effect this year, the CCPA. And so I think other states are going to want to be looking at that and want to look at what other areas of privacy that they want to play in. Um, and we'll discuss some of those later on. But the other half of this is that for the last 20 years or so, well, it's, it's been interesting. Um, since the beginning of the internet, as a you know privacy-intrusive uh, medium, we also had the issues of um, 9-11 come in, and it made us, as, as legislators, very concerned about putting limitations on police powers. Um, and so all these electronic and digital methods of identifying people and taking private information have grown over the last 20 years and the police are all using them and nobody has decided they wanted to check it at all. And there are some sensible ways that legislators could do that, but most haven't looked at it carefully. So you mentioned California, which has been in the privacy spotlight because of its Consumer Privacy Act and and as I understand it, an upcoming ballot initiative that would expand those provisions. Uh, Washington State was expected to pass a comprehensive law by this time. 
and a number of other states early this year had introduced legislation, and I assume that some of those have been interrupted by the pandemic. Do you see additional states enacting a comprehensive law like California, or will it be more of a section-by-section, area-by-area approach? No, I think other states will do it, but I don't know that they'll do it right away. You know, they're they're looking at it, they're debating about it, and I think some are going to sit back and see what effect the California law has on businesses. What's interesting is that, first of all, if the ballot initiative passes in California, things are going to get much, much more difficult for businesses who are taking information of California consumers. But even if it doesn't, there's a change that's supposed to happen at the end of the year where employees and a couple other categories of a business contacts are going to be protected by the CCPA as well. And that's also going to change um, how businesses practice there. So I think lots of other states are going to want to jump in with similar legislation, but I don't necessarily see them doing it right away. I think some would like to wait and see what happens with California. You mentioned the way that uh, 9-11 had affected how people viewed privacy. How about COVID-19? How, how might that affect how privacy is viewed by the public and, and by lawmakers as well? Well, I think it's going to have effects, but I can't say that it's going to lean one side or the other. In other words, on one side, COVID-19 and the, and the importance of contact tracing has made a number of governments around the world, including some here, more interested in taking information that would be detrimental to privacy, that would give more information to the government about where you are, what you're doing, who you meet, who you see, who's around you. So it has that effect going one direction, but on the other direction, when lawmakers see this and when the public sees this, they're also very concerned about what what that's going to do to them. And then the fact that people are at home now really emphasizes the digital privacy that I think people really didn't think about as much when they were, you know, just poking around on the internet at home and then doing work at the office. When they have to work at home, their digital privacy becomes more significant. And the fact that businesses are more interested in protecting their company privacy, I think, has made more of the general public interested in it as well and understand it a little bit better. So we know that technology is changing constantly, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on some developments in emerging technology that lawmakers should be thinking about in terms of privacy. Well, I think just looking at, for example, the Illinois Biometric Act, they also have one in Texas and one in um, the state of Washington. But Illinois is where the action is because Illinois is where there is a private right of action. So in other words, it's not easy to get the attorney general to sue on biometric laws that they don't understand and have never enforced before. On the other hand, the plaintiff's bar sees it as an opportunity. So all of the action in this space has been in Illinois where there's a private right of action. But I expect to see some movement into things like biometrics, into and that includes facial recognition, which I'll talk about more at the end. But all kinds of biometrics are are being used, and you really have to be careful how they're measured, how they're used, what they're used for, 
Also, GPS and just finding people in places. In other words, our phones that we carry with us and our cars and other things all have a number of different ways to tell people where we are at any given time. And that's something that, while it's come up in state legislatures before, no one has really passed laws in that space. And I think that's, that, that is definitely a, uh, a possible spot. But the other two really important things are what I would call procedural issues. One we talked about earlier, and that is private rights of action. In places where a state really wants to make an impression, it not only needs to pass a law, but provide a private right of action so that essentially the state doesn't have to do all the enforcement of it. Regular private law suits can do some of the enforcement. And the other other issue that is going to be raised with the California law that others may want to think about is the concept of statutory damages. By that, I mean California has passed a lo- um, the CCPA and provided statutory damages for data breach issues. Now, that's going to be important because up until now, the plaintiff's bar has not been able to really get a foothold in in data breach lawsuits. And part of it is because they can't prove damages. But if you take that away, as California has done and as Europe has done and and provide statutory damages, then I think you're going to see a lot more lawsuits in that area and a lot more enforcement and probably a lot more companies paying attention to it. So what do you see as the most significant regulatory and legal challenges in privacy in the next year? Well, really, I I have a pet uh, project on this, and I've written on it two or three times, and that is that I strongly believe legislators could, could assist with this. And that is that facial recognition programs really need a warrant for law enforcement to use them. In other words, if we're out peacefully protesting, I think we all understand that somebody may take pictures of that or there may be video or the traffic cameras may catch it. And so I think there's an expectation that you can be seen, but there really is not an expectation that the police, if they take a look at that picture, can run it through software and tell everybody's name that's in the crowd. You know, and that is something that has come up in recently, this year, in Congress. But I think the folks that are addressing it in Congress took it too far. They um, moved to ban all use of facial recognition programs. And, and I think that's too much. You know, I mean, facial recognition, frankly, is, you know, how your mother knows you. <laughs> so, you know, this is something that we've been we've been doing for eternity. So it, it's not a bad thing in and of itself. And if somebody's in the crowd and they throw a Molotov cocktail through a store window, we ought to be able to run facial recognition and find out who that person is. However, if they're doing that, you can get a warrant for that, right? But it t- would be tough to get a warrant for everybody in the crowd. And so that, to me, is the is the really big issue that not COVID-19, but the Black Lives Matter protests from this year have really brought to light, which is that that our rights need to be protected, our constitutional rights to assemble, our constitutional right to free speech. And it really is threatened in some ways when everybody in a peacefully protesting crowd can be 
recognized and have their name taken down just because the technology exists for that. If I were a legislator, that would be what I would be working on this year. So you're saying don't attempt to ban technology, which seems unlikely to be successful, but regulate it in areas where it's appropriate. Right. That's the way I look at it is that, you know, I mean, police know how to use the warrant process. If they have a reason to believe that somebody was committing a crime, then they can easily get a warrant for that. You're not going to get a warrant just to try and figure out who everybody is in a peaceful protest. So speaking of the legislature at the federal level, we'll have a new Congress next year, possibly a new administration. Do you think Congress will take a comprehensive approach that preempts state laws? I think the short answer is somewhere between no and oh hell no. And and the reason being that if the Congress is mixed or the Congress and the and the and the administration, the executive is mixed, I think we're going to be the same place we've been in the last 20 years, which is that they can't figure out what to do with this. However, I think it's unlikely, if it's all Republican, that they're going to want to address privacy one way or the other, frankly. They haven't seen much interest in it. And if it's if it turns the other way, and, and the executive and both of the the executive branch and both of the um, legislative chambers are Democratic. It's possible they'll pass a privacy law, but I doubt very much that they would preempt the more protective state law in California, for example. So I just think that, yes, I think it's possible that we may get something, although we've been talking about that for 18 to 20 years and it hadn't happened. So I think the better bet is that, that we're going to continue that trend. But if uh, the Democrats take over, it's I think it's there's a decent chance we'll get a privacy law, but I don't think it's going to be more protective. It will it, it will preempt the more protective laws like the California law. Why don't we turn to the private sector? The social media companies, apps, advertisers, and others have been in the news for privacy violations uh, a number of times. So, how will the private sector's approach to self policing evolve? as this regulatory environment potentially becomes more crowded? Well, I mean, keep in mind that the the self-policing movements are primarily there to keep away from regulation. And so, generally speaking, if there's regulation, there's not as much reason for it, and and you limit the area of self-policing because there are already regulations. So you, you basically narrow it down to the place there aren't yet regulations. And you're going to see some of that. But, I mean, there are entire businesses that, that, you know, I've done some work for whose business model seemed to be illegal under the California law, entire business model. And so, yeah, there are real questions about how these companies are going to survive and what they're going to do. We've already seen some industry attempts, especially in the advertising industry, the National Association of, or the American Association of Advertisers, or ANA, I don't remember how what exactly stands for, but Association of National Advertisers, that's what it is. But they, they have um, moved California to try and back off on some of the, the most difficult uh, marketing restrictions to comply with, um, because they really get in the way of a business that's built up for the last 25 years. I think they're still going to try and find ways to push back against the regulations and still work within the smaller space that they 
have for um, self-regulation. As you know, we have an audience of legislators, legislative staff, and other policymakers. Any final thoughts for them before we wrap up? Yes. I mean, I think privacy is an excellent area to be looking to make your mark. Things are changing, and we can watch how they change. We see um, we've now had two years of the GDPR in Europe, and we're seeing a number of changes, um, some positive, some otherwise. But in, in California, now we've had a little over a month of actual enforcement of the new California law. So we don't really know as much of what's going on there as we do in Europe, but it's worth watching. But I would, I would definitely look at things like requiring warrants for, for facial recognition programs to run and other ways to be careful and put some limitations on the police so that they have the ability to do their jobs, but they don't just um, ride the wave of, of technology growth into being able to snoop on people in ways that would have been unimagined by our founders. And also, I think I would look at things, as we discussed earlier, like facial recognition, like other biometrics, like GPS, you know, and other places where you can look at how privacy is changing the way people meet each other, talk to each other, and what information is being taken about them. Ted, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this really critical topic, and uh, stay safe. And that concludes this edition of our podcast. We encourage you to review and rate our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You may also go to Google Play, iTunes, or Spotify to have these episodes downloaded directly to your mobile device when a new episode is ready. For the National Conference of State Legislatures, this is Ed Smith. Thanks for listening and being part of Our American States.